Hello, and welcome to Anime Chat, the show where if I find love, I'm going to do anything to hold on to it. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome to Anime Chat with your host, Sophia. That's me. It's the show where I bring on a guest every week to talk about an anime I've assigned them to watch. But what makes me qualified to talk about anime? I mean, let's get into it. I have watched almost 500 shows and movies. That's a lot. I've cosplayed and gone to multiple anime conventions. And I learned Japanese in university because I wanted to learn a little bit more about what they were saying. So, yeah. Little bit of a weeb here. I can call myself that. You can't call me that. That's how it works. Today, we're going to be talking about Happy Sugar Life, which is a show that is nothing to do with how wonderfully upbeat the title sounds. It's about this girl named Sato, who has pink hair because anime, and she finds this child on the street one day and takes her home. And for some reason, finding this child allows her to experience the feeling of love for the first time in her life. And she wants to hold on to that. And she'll do anything to hold on to that. It's gonna get weird. It's gonna get creepy. It's gonna get probably a little bit offensive. But we're here to have a good time, right guys? But we can only have a good time after this commercial break, but I'll see you right after that. Bye. Welcome back. Was that commercial so long? I missed you guys so much. But we're back now and we're ready to get into it. But before we get into it, all serious matters. Um, this show is a little bit more disturbing than what we've talked about previously on Anime Chat. There are mentions of uh, homicide. There is abuse, uh, emotional, sexual, and physical. If these sort of things could trigger you, I would prefer you just don't watch today. Your mental health is a lot more important than my silly little show, okay? But for everyone else who's gearing up for it, let's do it. Let's bring on my very special guest. You've seen her all over the place on Nerdy Northerners, on the community streams and her very own crafting channel. She and I sat on a snowy log in definitely not adequate amounts of clothing, and she's my favorite member of Nerdy Northerners. Shh, don't tell anyone. Please welcome Alicia. <laughs> So cute! <laughs> How are you today? Like she helped me do my buns, and I'm in love. Also, my makeup. She like guys. This is all her today. I did nothing. Hello, lovely people. I got a hair in my eye. I apologize. It it's happens. It's that week life. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank but you I so much for being on the show. As is tradition, we drink sake because I'm male. Yeah. <laughs> we. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. Sake is just an delicious. Excuse. I've actually never had sake before. This is exciting. So I'm a little bit nervous. It's very mild. Okay. All right, so we'll do a three, two, one, come by. Do you, like, drink the whole thing or, like... Mm. You can take sips. You can drink the whole thing. It's... it's. I promise it's not going to be, like, vodka or anything. It's not going to burn, okay? Okay. So three, two, one, come by. Oh, it's like wine. Mm-hmm. Rice wine. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're sold. Not a hundred percent sold, but <laughs> that's fine. It's not like offensive, so excellent. That's, it's acceptable. That's what we strive for on this show. Not offensive, <clears throat> except not except for today. Not so. today. <laughs> so I want to get into a little bit. What is your history with anime? So I'm a very late bloomer. I kind of grew up in a household that wasn't very open to fandoms and nerdums. So as I am a late bloomer to a lot of things in my life, I was a very late bloomer to anime. So I 
was introduced i've always kind of like pitter-pattered around anime and certain things like i loved sailor moon growing up yes. that was like my my go-to and people are like have you ever watched anime i'm like oh sailor moon <laughs> every day i ran home after school because i played at 3 30 and we got out at 3 30 and i lived two minutes from my school so i would run as fast as i could because i would just miss the intro yeah and i'd get to come home and watch my episode of sailor moon it was it's what i lived for a child very, I think a lot yeah, of us girls great. from the 90s really, like, got our start with anime with Sailor Moon just because it was so nice to have a strong female protagonist in a show. We didn't see that that mm -hmm. often. And then I met a lovely person named Emily who just showed me the entire world of what anime was, and I have watched probably, like, 30 to 40 different animes in the last two years. So she's, like, the I Aladdin of your anime I experience? Did, yeah, and then I went <laughs> off into my own, like, rabbit hole over here was like yes and like there's ones that i'm like i don't think i've seen that and then look at it and i'm like oh i watched that that's why i tell people to like go for like a my anime list or an annie list like one of those websites that records what you watch because it's mm -hmm. so easy to forget what you've seen and then all of a sudden you're halfway through a show and you're like i'm pretty sure i've seen this. pretty sure i saw this so that's why i like to just keep a record of it also so i can just be like haha look what i've done with my time it's embarrassing <laughs> But let's get into Happy Sugar Life. You oh asked for, God. for your recommendation, you wanted a horror. I gave you psychological horror because I, I don't do that gore really well. I'm not like really, I hate zombie stuff because it's all gore and it's all limbs falling off. But psychological horror, I'm your girl. So as soon as you said that, I was like, maybe this one. We, we, we did this one. We did this one. Was it a mistake? Who knows? Who's to say? It was not a mistake. It was not, it was a, not mistake. a mistake. It was an interesting choice. Yes. <laughs> it took me watching the whole anime to come to my consensus on if I liked it or not. So, I think that's totally valid. That's kind of how I make all my choices. Yeah. I give everything a chance till the end. And then but if it I, just sucked at the end, then I'm going to be like, well, it sucked. <laughs> I like that, though, because there's so many people that already form an opinion, especially the anime community. They're like, oh, I've seen two episodes and it's shit. And like... Mm -hmm. Or like, I've seen two episodes, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then they go and they rate it on my man my anime list if they've only seen two episodes. And it's like, how can you do that? Yeah, you don't you don't actually know the story. You gotta you gotta you gotta have the whole story and have the whole story come together mm -hmm. for you to fully appreciate what it's about. That's, yeah. At least that's my opinion. That's no, I think it's a great opinion. So let's talk about your opinions. First of all, Happy Sugar Life. I wanna know. Who was your favorite character? And then I want to get into who is your least favorite character. Honestly, Sato is my favorite character. <laughs> I, I thought that I was going to hate her for like the first eight episodes. I was like, I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. Like, what is she doing? And then, no, she's my favorite character. My least favorite character is, for some reason, I am completely blanking his name right now. The blonde kid. Uh, <laughs> so his name Maki is Tayo. Tayo, that's but it. But I call him Barrettes. Barrettes, In my yes. note. <laughs> because he wears Barrettes. Oh, man. Like, I feel bad for what happens to him in the show, and it shows, like, a very dark side of, like, being a young male mm -hmm. and how vulnerable that can actually be for some men. And yeah. that point is, is, you know, drilled right across, and you get that from, the you know, what he has to go through mm -hmm. as a character. But his character just drives me. What I re that's why I kind of really like how they did his character because, like, first of all, they don't invalidate male rape, which I feel like in our culture has been invalidated. 
And no, I'm sorry, rape is rape. If it's unwanted sex, it's unwanted sex. And he clearly has unwanted sex and it yes. messes with him. Yes. But that doesn't stop him from being a scummy person. Exactly. So you can have trauma and you can still be a bad person. Like you, Just because you have trauma doesn't mean that we have to excuse everything you do. But we can understand that certain times trauma informs what you do. Yes. So I thought he was a really interesting character because we don't know if he had trauma prior to this, but definitely after it affected him. But I don't think that his whole thing of being a scummy person, I think that was See, sort of dormant before the trauma. See, I don't think so. No. Because the show builds up his personality in the first three episodes where mm -hmm. he's the cute boy. Mm -hmm. All the girls at the restaurant where he works are mm -hmm. into him. And then he goes up to Sato and asks her for a date and she rejects him. Yes. And it makes him kind of upset and it causes the other girls to do things to make her job harder because now they're upset with her because she's harmed his fragile male ego mm -hmm. that they're all trying to boost up because he's the, pretty boy. he's the pretty boy. And so he's obviously portrayed himself in manners to these other girls that make him the jock, atypical, you know, I get attention kind of guy. Whereas, and then he gets into a situation that he didn't necessarily want to be in and mm -hmm. it just kind of crumbles his whole ego yeah. in general. It cracks his entire... See, I can see your point completely. What I think is more what we're seeing in the first couple episodes is the facade that he puts on. He wants to be that likable pretty boy that everyone wants to be around. But I think the true him is the sides that we see later on where 100%. he's like licking posters of this small child. Yes. He is messed up. Also, what's really interesting is his name. It actually in Japanese, it means son. So it could just be because they're like yellow hair, son. Close enough, right? <laughs> but in a way, I think they were trying to say, like, he's supposed to be, like, the bright one. But, you know, maybe there was an eclipse going on because his brightness got lost real fast. Real fast. I feel like it was, like, a fate. Like, I, I think you're right with that whole, it's a facade. He was a weak, he had weakness to begin with. But that's mm. where a lot of, you know, the stereotypes behind male egos comes from is the fact that you know, they put a facade on yeah. in order to cover up, you know, weaknesses that they feel against themselves or towards others. Yeah, and I think that's a society thing too, because men aren't encouraged to show their weaknesses like women are. And so when a guy shows their weakness, it's like, oh no, this is bad. You shouldn't you shouldn't show us that. So maybe like that's another reason why he felt the need to project this like ultra confident, ultra like everyone likes me, everyone wants to be my friend, everyone yeah. wants to date me sort of personality. And it even betrays it after, like, his unwillingness to be vulnerable to other people because he quits, you know, he leaves his jobs, he doesn't, you know, he becomes an introvert and stays mm -hmm. inside and completely shuts himself yeah. off from the world after his trauma and doesn't seek any help, and that just kind of solidifies the fact that he, you know, he does not want to show people who he truly is. That's true. Honestly, I agree with him being your least favorite because he's one of my least favorites. In fact, I think he's the most useless character in the show because even when he's like trying to get things done, he can't even do that, right? And like, I get that he's going through trauma and part of me wants to empathize with that. And I do a bit, but he's still a scumbag. He's still a major scumbag who thinks a tiny girl he's never met in his entire life will purify him because she's an angel that he's built up in his mind. So he's he's complicated. Um, I think my favorite character, though, is not Sato. I think it's uh, Shoko, who is her co-worker yes. slash friend. Yeah. Because 
I think she was the least problematic person in the show. <laughs> she she was definitely like the fly on the wall yeah. for that show, but was necessary to kind of like build plot and you know, to really show a different side of Sato that you didn't really yeah. get to see. What I really liked about her character is when we got to meet Sato's aunt and sort of figure out, like, oh, this is why mm-hmm. she is the way she... Her aunt is the craziest person in the show, and that's saying a lot, because everyone in the show is mega cray-cray. But her aunt is, like, bonkers. miles, bonkers, miles beyond everyone else. And then you see, like, her trying to be like, I mean, I want to be supportive of my friend, but I'm really creeped out by this. And so I think it was maybe like Sato or no, it was she said it to herself in like an internal monologue. She's like, I didn't know how much my half hearted acceptance could hurt people. And that's so real because whenever we have friends, we like we want to be 100 percent supportive of them. But sometimes like you find out something about a friend and you're like, I don't know if I can get past this. Yeah. And if you try to lie and be like, no, I'm cool with it. They'll know. And then that that friendship will inevitably break because that's just it's built on a lie from that point on. Yeah. So I thought her character was so interesting in that way. I did think she was like a little bit too into Sato, but I mean, <laughs> compared to the rest of the characters. I find that very normal for anime in general is that best friend characters are mm. extremely close. Yeah. They extremely are extremely close. Yeah, they kind of almost fetishize female relationships because, like, I don't know about you, but like, I'm not telling my best friends like, "You're the love of my life. I love you." Like every two seconds, like I say, I love you to my friends a lot, but I'm not like, "You're you're the reason I live." And blah blah blah. Cause that that veers into stalker territory, in my opinion. In Western culture, a hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. Which is so weird why they do it in anime because Japan is such a closed off culture when it comes to that sort of thing. Which is probably why they do it because they're trying to like amplify something that they don't really see as much in real life. And yep. so like because they're so stilted in their interactions, they're like, let's pump this up to 11 when we go to anime. We're taking it all the way. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I also think I I so my least favorite character, I agree Tayo Barretts, that's what I call him in my notes. Barretts. You like literally the amount of times I've called him useless in my notes is far too many. But I also think uh, pedophile teacher. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Oh. I, he has literally no redeeming no. factors. None. No redeeming factors. Pedophile, uh, abusive power. Um, he has a family that he is just like doesn't care about. Like becomes more unhinged. You know, unhinged by being told no. Yeah. By being told no, he's like, oh my god. I want more. I know. He like he sort of like discovers his kinks as she starts being like and this is kind of what I like about Sato. Sato doesn't really get ruffled by anything. No. So she finds out like her school teacher is stalking her. And not only is she not like freaking out and calling the police, she's like, No, I got this. I'm gonna turn this on him. I'm going to strip in front of his house so that his wife could possibly see what's going on. And then Power. blackmail him. Power move. Yeah, blackmailing him. She, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Sato is definitely not a, like, morally great character. Oh, she's she's a sociopath. 100%. But that doesn't mean she's not amazing. No, she is kind of amazing. I I want the sort of, like, uh, self-confidence that Sato carries herself with. Because she gets into so many, so many weird situations. 
and she doesn't really falter. The only time you ever really see her like falter is when she's with Shio, the little girl, because that's the only person that she can like let her defenses down around. So that's her vulnerability. That's her vulnerability right she, there. She doesn't have any any other vulnerabilities because she doesn't. She's a sociopath. She yeah. doesn't feel any actual. She doesn't feel emotions the same way that you and I would feel emotion. Exactly. And the show does a really good job of explaining that. And I think that because this won't ruin anything about the show, but the mm. show focuses around this jar the entire time. It's in the intros, the, you know, it's a uh, metaphorical Sato. jar. Yeah. yeah. And it's being filled with candies all the time and sweets. And it's, it was a way that Sato learned about love, but it, it makes a lot of sense just in the way that we all view love is that we fill mm -hmm. our jars mm -hmm. with the things that we feel are sweet and kind yeah. and everything like that. And we fill our jar and it empties and we fill it back up and it empties. And that metaphor is really cool. But if you are someone like Sato who doesn't actually feel emotion on the same level, it makes sense as to why, you know, her jar is never full or why she never understood why she could fill her jar. It makes sense. And especially when we learn who her aunt is as a person, because <laughs> like, I don't want to kink shame here. There is nothing wrong with having kinks as long as they're consensual. But her aunt takes kinks to a whole different level and has decided that to feel the emotion of love, people need to literally beat the shit out of her and do terrible things to her. And she smiles the entire- she's the- I think she's one of the creepiest characters I've ever encountered in anime. One of them, yeah, for sure. Because she never stops smiling. That's that's when you know you have a true psychopath on your hands, when, like, they don't stop smiling. Those are the most terrifying villains to me. Because you have the villains that are like, I'm so evil and I'm going to screw you up. And it's like, yeah, great. But you just have the one that's like, hi. They're the joker hi. type. Yeah, exactly. She I'm, is I'm a joker type. Unpredictable. Yeah. And I just, like, I can understand Sato a bit more after seeing the type of life that she must have grown up with. Because we don't know what happened to her parents. We no. just know that she grew up with her aunt. Yes. And her aunt constantly had these people come over for these, like, sexual experiences that she overheard. Because we saw in the show that she overheard them. Oh, yes. And they're very violent and not <laughs> PG in nature. And so to grow up like that, that must have been terrifying. And then being told, well, this is, this is, this is a form of love. Yes. And the show did a really good job at showing you, too, like, the differences that people think. Like, mm -hmm. the different ways that people feel love and that they think that they're in love or that they feel that they're in love. This is a great segue to a question I had. What do you think is the show's opinion on the concept of love? Because I think that they had a really uh, negative view of love in general. Just based on the way that they've presented these characters. Like, there doesn't seem to be a love in this show that isn't tainted in some way. I think what the show was trying to tell you is that the older that you get, the harder that love is. And the mm. more stuck in the way of how you think love should be, mm. you know, the longer that you're stuck in thinking that you should be loved that way, hence the ant situation, the, you know, the more aggressive it's going to get and the longer you're going to get stuck in that. And they make references to it during the show the entire time where they call it, they refer to adults as being disgusting and dirty and bitter you know, bitter and you know these teenagers are very bitter towards adults and it's because of the way that the adults are bitter towards a themselves and then the fact that these young kids are now trying to experience love in their different ways and yeah i think what the show is trying to show us is that um is how tainted love can get through trauma and I how totally agree. manipulated people can get when 
love comes from trauma. I think this whole show is trauma the show. Because there's literally no one in the show that doesn't go through some sort of trauma. Like, even, like, the girl who I think is best, Shoko, like, she goes through her own type of trauma by realizing that by saying that she was okay with what happened with Sato by and not actually feeling that way, like, that was a type of trauma because then Sato's like, yeah, no, I can't trust you. And then (laughs) what happens to her is just... um, Incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. Incredibly sad, but a little bit... Like, we... That one I saw. That one I 100% saw. I'm not going to lie. The last episode, I yelled. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 this is not where you're taking this right now. You are taking it here. No, no. The last episode is a wild ride. Do you think... We'll try not to spoil too much. Do you think that everyone in the show got what they deserved in the end? I think that, <laughs> I think that everybody who had yes, except for uh, Shio's brother. Yeah, I think that that character just got shit on for no reason whatsoever, and then that shows you again like another side of how people feel love like that's showing you it's just so hard for him because he spends this whole show looking for his sister and then he finds her and she's like i don't want to be with you i want to be with sato that must have been like the biggest like axe in the heart because i can't imagine he has literally dedicated his entire life to finding her because he's like once i find her everything's gonna be fine we're gonna be happy me again. her and mom we're gonna be a family again and she's like no mom abandoned me first of all I don't care what her mother was going through. Abandoning her in the rain? At night? At night? In an alley? In an alley? Next to a construction site? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know her mom was going through a lot of stuff, and I really do appreciate the show for, like, not just saying, like, this is a bad mom and that's it. Like, she has great areas. Like, you know why she's doing what she's doing. You see, they even do, like, a little montage of, like, her life, and it's really painful but really, like, poignant. Like, I could... I haven't gone through stuff like that, but I could viscerally feel like oh, 100%. what she was going through. And I was like, wow, this is really powerful. But she's still a shit mom. Because mm-hmm. like, my God, abandoning her at night in the rain next to a construction site in an alley. Like, dude, that's... this is Japan, right? This is Japan. Like, No, just don't don't do that. Don't Anywhere do that. in the world, just don't do that. I, like, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's just Japan things, but like, is this we come on no yeah no that was very traumatic but they did a really good job at building you up to that point so that you weren't just severely pissed off at her you Mm. had sympathy you're you're angry and you're like what the fuck are you doing that for but you're like uh i think that episode of the show would be really useful for people to try to understand what domestic violence is like because people are like why don't they just leave why don't they just leave and it's not as easy as that because yeah. you sort of, you get accustomed to the abuse, but you also sort of see, like, once again, this is not from my experience. This is just from me absorbing different media, different information that I've found. But you think that, like, okay, well, eventually, like, things are going to get better, right? And even she says, she's like, eventually, like, he's going he's gonna to die. So I'll be free when he dies. But, like, for some reason, she doesn't think that she has the option to leave. Yeah. Which is bonkers to me but so many people go through that 
And I really like applaud the show for going as far in as they did, because a lot of people can excuse the show as being like some sort of like edgelord, like, oh, we just want to throw all this like edgy shit at you. And like, it's it's so violent and crazy and blah, blah, blah. But I really think there's an important message in this show. And, 100%. Like, you have to understand that trauma doesn't just affect you a little bit. It shapes your entire lifetime. And the way that you get through that is by accepting that and moving on. And if you dwell on it, then you end up like the characters in the show. And it's yep. not going to be a happy ending. And it shows you every variation, like all the degrees of variation that, you know, of things that could happen to you mm-hmm. as a human being you know, being exposed to, you know, these very common things that people are exposed to. The the subjects in this show aren't things that are uncommon. Mm. You know, they, they turned it around by using female characters as the protagonist. So, yeah. you know, typically you don't find, you know, a girl kidnapping a young girl and then keeping her, you know, young teenage girls kidnapping. Like kidnap is a strong term. Is it kidnapping if she was abandoned? That's what that's what I sort of come back to in the end. It's so hard because you think like at the beginning, yeah, Stockholm Syndrome, for sure. But is it kidnapping if she goes to a better place and she wants yes. to go there? It's still kidnapping? Okay. Yes. <laughs> As the person especially, without kids in this in this especially scenario. Especially when like you put a lock on the outside door. No, yeah, that. You know, it it it's kidnapping. And like just overall the reasoning why Sato kept her, mm. it wasn't, it was a very selfish reason. Yes. And it, it isn't until the end of the show does Sato even realize what she had actually done. It's the one non-selfish thing that she does throughout the entire show. Yes. It's the very last thing that we see in the finale. And, like, mad respect for her for that. But I think that's really interesting because, like, yeah, she keeps, she locks her in the house, but Shio goes from a mom who locks her in the house to Sato who locks her in the house. Because Sato doesn't have any of this information, right? Yeah, that's because, true. Uh, Shio only slowly gets her memories and stuff back after going through a traumatic event as a child. Mm. Most children have a, you know, time of amnesia where they don't, amnesia, where they don't really remember the details behind what happened. And, you know... This poor child who is left alone mm. every single day, all day, while Sato goes out and works to take care of her. Yeah. She's, you know, this is a five, six-year-old child, four to six-year-old child who is stuck by themselves at home, you know. Exactly. And I really like the way that the show sort of showed her, her trauma and her memory loss by doing the little squiggles over her mom's face for a while. Like, Bojack Horseman did a very similar thing in an episode where they're talking about Alzheimer's. And okay. I think it's really powerful when you see that in a show. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I kind of can understand where she's coming from here. Because, like, this person is so disassociated from her mind that she can't even see the face anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it squiggles almost seems like she's the one that's, like, trying to squiggle it out. Which we see in that drawing that she does in the wardrobe. And that is both really creepy and very powerful. And one of, honestly, one of the reasons I really like this show. This show makes me think. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's a lot. It is a lot. And they're, like, if any sort of major trauma bugs you, then don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. But if you can get around the, you know, mature subject matter, the rape, kidnapping you know the very heavy mature matter that is in this show it is worth checking out and just think about it just think about you know how it would feel to be in these characters shoes Mm. how it would feel to be sato or 
you know, be in her position and why you could do how or why you would do something like Sato did. Yeah. And Sato never did anything wrong to Shio. No. At all. She never hurt Shio. She never did anything, but she didn't do the right thing. I will say all those like little like fake wedding things they have made me very uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I also know that like a Little kids, like, I haven't been a child in a long time. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm very, very young. I'm youthful. I was a child yesterday. Shush. Um, it's been a while. But I know that, like, little kids romanticize weddings and stuff. And, like, they maybe play wedding games. So I could see it that way. It's just as an adult looking at it, I'm like, this no, that was a ritual. uncomfortable. That, that was a ritual. That, And it was a way for Sato to feel the feeling that she wanted out of Shio because Mm -hmm. it's an addiction at that point you know yeah something you've never had you know that switch is flicked for someone who you know imagine just walking around completely empty all the time and then all of a sudden you feel happy for the first time and you're like what is this which is crazy and the show makes a big point of saying that like she slept around a lot like in Mm -hmm. school because she kept looking for this love and she could never find it. Yep. And then her friend was like, oh, we were having so much fun when you were doing that. She was like, yeah, but I was looking for something. I wasn't just trying to have fun. And I found it. And I don't need to do that anymore. Which, yep. good for her. Also, I just want to quickly explain something that you will not have gotten unless you speak Japanese. So, sato is Japanese for sugar. Shio is Japanese for salt. So all these times that Sato is saying that Shio is so sweet, so sweet, it's kind of ironic because she's the salt of the relationship. Sato is technically the sugar. Mm. And there's a lot of fun little wordplay like that. I just I thought like that, that. It's, it's weird, right? You'd think it would be the opposite. You'd think that Shio would be the one that means sugar and Sato is the one that means salt, but no. And I think that explains the relationship too because Sato keeps being like, Shio's the one that's so sweet. But in the end, it's kind of her the one that's being sweet, and she's just sort of putting it on to Shio. I mean, Shio's like a really cute kid. Let's not get it. But she's twisted. just a kid. But she's just a kid. Like she's just doing what kids do, and like, yeah, she really loves Sato. It's great, but she's not extraordinary by any means. No, she's no. just a kid that's gone through trauma, found someone that is maybe a little less traumatic, and is kind of hanging in there. She, I think that. The reason that Sato's attraction to Shio was so strong was because when Sato finds her, she finds her at her, when her heart's broken, mm. you know, and she says to her, like, I, you know, the, sorry, my apologies. Sato says, like, don't you love your mother? And she goes, no. She explains to her why it is that she doesn't, why her mother and her don't love each other. Mm. And, you know, A, for a child to be saying that is extremely deep, but it's the moment I think that Sato, where that was the moment that it clicked with Sato because Sato could actually um, relate to the feeling that Shio had in Mm. that moment. And I don't think that Sato had ever actually connected with anybody and had anybody in her life who felt the same way that she did. So it was like an immediate connection of like, okay, and now I need to hold it. Because I have sociopathic tendencies, yeah. and I'm cray-cray. But, but that must be wild. If you're a sociopath, you've never experienced these emotions in your life, and all of a sudden you feel them this strongly. Like, I can totally understand why she did what she did. Because that's wild to me, to have never experienced love until that moment. And then she's like, no, no, but I have to, like, I have to make sure. And then she wants to keep her away from the terrible world, because the world... And she constantly says, 
bitter, 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 because the world is bitter and disgusting, and that's what she's been taught by her aunt and the people that she's met, like, in her relationships, and, like, we see it in the teacher, and we see it in uh, the, the Barrett's guy, and it's just, like, it's a very, like, nihilistic view on the world, but it's not entirely inaccurate in some ways. The world can be a really bitter place. It's just, you need to understand that and then you can move past it if you just think that the world is constantly going to get better that's when i think that you fall into that trap of like bitter 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 but if you're like it's bitter i'm gonna move forward <laughs> yeah, that's the part of having a mental having mental health issues mm. and, and growing up you know broken as she puts it yeah. herself you know she's like i i'm broken and then searching for something to fix her without realizing that she had to fix herself. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I feel like that's what she came to the conclusion at, at you know, in the last seconds of the whole show. Mm. It's funny how a show can, like, wrap so many little things up in a very short little period of time. Yeah. But just her realization of Shio's emotion being stronger than hers. Mm -hmm. I think that was her realization of, like, I don't think... Yeah. Any of this was right, you know. I, I made the mistake. Yeah. Unless, like, <laughs> I, I commend her for that because it's really hard for you as a person to say, oh, no, I'm I'm the one that did bad because we don't want to think that we do bad. Yeah. We're all perfect. I'm immaculate. I've never done anything wrong in my life, and I will have that on camera forever. <laughs> but I really like that about this show. It's, it's, a, it's a flawed uh, portrayal of society, and it's definitely more negative than society actually is. But I think we can learn a lot from it. Yes. I think that um, there's just certain things that we need to accept more that trauma is something that happens. We are all collectively going through a trauma right now, living through a pandemic. So we need to accept that, maybe not embrace it, but maybe a little embrace it. And then that's how we can move forward. Because if we don't, we're just going to be stuck in this, like, bubble our entire lives and nothing gonna is gonna get, get better bitter. we're gonna get bitter, bitter. she says bitter all you know the what? time i think the show does hint towards the fact that it's showing you a reality of society mm. you know i think that there's layers of society and people kind of turn their you know a blind eye to the fact that there are layers to society and it, it is very much based off of where you end up and it mm -hmm. it shows you in the show you know uh sato lives in the apartment buildings alone with her aunt obviously they're not the most well-off family mm. to begin with so showing them at a lower poverty and i think that that's where the show is telling you it's like if you're stuck in this kind of societal level this is how bad it can get yeah and then showing you the way that toyo deals with it well he kind of comes from the middle class area and mm -hmm. how dramatically it affected him to have something you know that sato may not have you know, viewed as being so bad because she's seen it. She's yeah. been, you know, exposed to it. Toyo had never been exposed to anything like this, and it broke him as it a human being. It completely broke him. And then, you know, you see the teacher who's at the highest of the tier in the show, and he's just he's just completely yeah. freaking bonkers. And it shows that it's across all of the classes in society, but mm -hmm. I think that it, at the lower end of society, is where you see... The majority of these things happening. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> and it it's a serious thing in every, all countries. Yeah. Every But society. I do think, especially in Japan, where mental illness is even less regarded than it is here in North America, I think that's where this show really takes off. Because, like, 
there's a huge problem in Japan with suicide and stuff because people are just so, so, so desperately overworked. Like there's a whole culture of like, you need to work as much as you can. Taking vacations is seen as a bad thing. Like people will actually resent you for it. So I think that this show does a good job of being like, hey, Japan, we've got problems here. Yes. We need to address them. Major. And I really respect the show for that because Major like problems. we can go like, ah, cute, kawaii, look at this girl with like cat ears on. But I like shows like this that offer a more unflinching view into how mental illness can really impact your day to day and the people around you as well. I could definitely see why this anime would not have been very popular mm. in Japan either. Like, I don't think it was necessarily unpopular. It's just like it didn't like take off, you no, know, like it's no. more of a niche thing, which I can understand because there's a lot of really messed up stuff in it. It's a special kind of it's show. It's a special kind of show, but bravo for the show for taking a look at those things that we as a society sort of like tend to shy away from. Like it's uncomfortable. Out. We don't want to be around it, but that's the whole point. We should be uncomfortable. We should be around it because that's how we learn and that's how yes. we grow. Oh, my point to that whole society thing is that the show shows you when uh, Sato and the girl that she works with, mm -hmm. um, the brunette. Yes. Uh, and they have that connection where the brunette comes from a you know better off family. She's mm -hmm. like, I want to be just like you. Like, how are you so perfect? How is yeah, this? Yeah. How is that? How is this? And Sato shows you, you know, how dark you know someone's personality can be and how manipulative that she could be in that and that how the tears of society don't see how someone in the middle class doesn't actually see the trauma that mm. she's going through at her case because sato is just by herself she just she works she's by her. herself and like she lies to people and so she lives with her aunt and like they have like even like a little arrangement where she drops the keys the aunt knows how to answer the door and like, I get it, because like, I could not live with that aunt. She like, once again, I cannot stress this enough. She is one of the craziest characters I've ever encountered in anime. Like, she makes me so deeply uncomfortable, but I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, no, they do a great job. And they do a great job uh, showing you how actually sick the aunt is. Not just by the aunt's demeanor, but how other people interact with going to her apartment mm -hmm. and the things that you see when you're in her apartment. Yeah, she like weaponizes her sexuality in a way that we haven't really seen in a lot of stuff because, and it doesn't feel like she's weaponizing it because she's so open to it, but she is weaponizing it. Mm -hmm. Like when the cops come to her apartment and she is actively not only hitting on one of the cops in front of, there's two of them, she's hitting on one of them. She's not just hitting on him, she's straight up propositioning him, being like, hey, come back here. I will have sex with you. And the girl cop is like, what's going on? She's like, oh no, I'll have sex with you too. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. You can come too, honey. Which like, I mean, that's a sort of like sexual freedom that I kind of like that the show did. Like, yes, she's crazy. Yes, the things that she's doing with sex aren't necessarily the healthiest because it's not always consenting parties. But I like that we see a woman that is so in control of her sexuality to the point that she uses it as a weapon. Yeah. And it's not like something that she's like, I feel dirty and gross after. She's like, I feel great. Yeah, thanks. I feel wonderful. This is, this is who I am. This is who I am. So I did want to talk about really quick because I do think that the show uses stylistic imagery in a way that you wouldn't think a show like this would use. You think they just rely on the shock factor. But I want to talk about the episode where we find out how Sato got the apartment that she's in. Because it's so cool. Because we never see the guy. Nope. We never see him. And they do this really amazing thing where every time he talks, 
it's blurred out and you just see wavy lines. And I think that's so amazing because like he's not important to Sato. She doesn't even need to remember him. When no. she's remembering him, she's just remembering herself. And that's, I mean, the entire episode was so cool like that. And then when we start to hear what he's saying, if you don't hear it out loud, it's written in the squiggles and it becomes part of the thing. Yeah. And the angrier he gets, the bigger the squiggles in the handwriting gets. Because it's betraying Sato, you know, the only thing that Sato actually remembers of mm -hmm. this guy other than, you know, them just being encountered. Yeah, like, I just, I thought that that was so brilliant, the way the show did that, because you got such a clear glimpse of who this guy was without knowing really anything about him. They do an amazing job altogether with characters like that. They, mm. they did the same thing with the mom. Not the same exact thing, but mm -hmm. I mean, like, stylistically, they did the same thing where, you know, they've got... They, they do the shot of the mom, you know, talking to herself, you know, having a real debate with herself over, you know, where she is in life. And she's like, oh, it's, it'll be okay. Everything's going to be fine. My kid smiles. Make me so great. Da, da, da. And then it's the dark side. It's the other side. It's her side of it where she's just like, no, it hurts. And I'm in pain and I don't want to do this anymore. And it goes from like colorful and bright to dark and black and white and very dramatic. And it's, it makes you feel so much. And I think that it, you're a hundred percent right. It, if they didn't stylize it the way that they did, mm -hmm. you wouldn't feel the way that you did. And it's they did such a good job adding, you know, the textures of the anime to the literature of the anime. Mm -hmm. Like this is why I love anime as a medium because you you can't tell this type of story with live action. It's not going to have the same effect. No. Like the fact that the stepfather who is the abuser in the situation is all done in squiggles. Like he's literally he's not even a person. He just has like eyes and the rest of his body is black squiggles and it's so ominous and it's so <laughs> threatening and we know nothing about him, but we're instantly like this is a bad guy. Yeah. This is a very bad guy. And yeah, he does some messed up stuff, which includes my least favorite kind of thing in anime, which is fingernail torture. <gasps> it is my least favorite. I can't do it. They do it in my favorite anime, Higurashi. And every time I've watched it since the first time, I have to close my eyes. I yeah, know that was really, really I bad. can't. I can't. You can show me all sorts of other types of torture in anime. I can't do fingernail torture. They don't even show you real. Oh, they show you once. But they show you a little bit and then what's worse is that like just the scene right after that the girls are like talking about a nail salon and I was like please stop please stop, please stop. I was just scarred <laughs> I was scarred so bad can we not talk about nails anymore I can't I'm literally there watching the show holding on to my nails like they're yeah. gonna fly away at any moment it's just too much it's the same with when people lose their teeth and I'm like oh mm. I can deal with that so much easier than the nails, though. I don't know what it is. I think it's because as children, we lose our teeth, and that's, like, natural. But, like, no one no, should I lose have, their nails. I have nightmares about losing all of my adult teeth. Oh, me too. And it freaking, it stresses me out so bad. I, like, wake up, and I'm like, yeah. are my teeth still in my Yeah, mouth? yeah. I have that, like, a couple times a month, at least. And I'm like, I wake up, and I'm like, <laughs> no, they're still all accounted there. for? All accounted yeah. for? I'm, like, clearly in my dream. It makes no sense because I'm literally, like, pulling teeth out of my mouth and nothing hurts. And I'm... Oh, at least you're... I, mine just fall out for no reason. I'm literally just there and I'm, like, I'm holding on to... I'm, like, trying to, like, smile like this and I can feel them wiggling. And I'm, like, Sophia, if you touch your teeth with a little bit more pressure, they're just gonna fly out of your mouth. God. Yeah. Welcome back to the show where we've been talking about our trauma. <laughs> Oh, with a show about trauma. Yeah. Uh, honestly, one of the, 
I also really wanted to talk about, and this is a tiny bit of a spoiler, but the episode where we find uh, Shoko in Sato's apartment. She finds out about Shio, and she gets brought into the apartment. Mm. And any other show would just have the conversation between her and Sato. We'd hear it. We'd be like, okay, they're clearly arguing. Not this show. This, I think, is the most beautiful stylistic thing they do in the show. Because we don't hear any of their argument. All we hear is really peaceful music. And you just see them. You see them talking. And based on their gestures, you can tell what's going on. And that is the mark, to me, of a really well-directed show. But that peaceful music is them talking about a little girl letting go of her bird. And... (laughs) Yeah, there's this whole bird imagery. <laughs> but it's because that's what, uh, I can't say her name. Shoko? Shoko. There mm-hmm. we go. That's what Shoko is, is, you know, the first time that Sato's aunt meets Shoko, she says, little bird. Yeah. And so the that song is leading you up to what's actually going to happen to her. It's honestly, it's so, like, uh, like I don't want to spoil it, but I do want to spoil it because like I think it's my favorite scene in the show because like she has this fight with her and then she's like I'm just gonna leave and you're like all right this was really hard to deal with and then she doesn't get to leave spoiler spoiler sorry but that's not even like the that's not even the most messed up part of this show not even spoiling it and I think that that's like when uh Sato has to go back and deal with her Shoko Mm mm-hmm um, I think you get to see a really human side of Sato. I think so, too. I think that there's, like, a lot of, like, you see some regret from her that you you haven't seen previously because, like, you've seen her do things in the show before this episode and she's just methodical about it. She's like, okay, here's problem A. How do I fix problem A? I know. Violence. <laughs> And then that gets rid of the problem. And she has no compunctions about it. She doesn't come home and she's like, oh my god, what have I done? She's just like, this is a thing that happened. And once again, classic like sociopathy indicator is that you don't really feel remorse for the things that you've done. And she doesn't. But I think the closest she feels is what happens to Shoko. And that's really interesting to see because yeah. sociopathy isn't also not a gray area. Like, no. You, there's multiple levels of it. You can't just I say don't, they don't feel anything, right? I don't think that Sato realized that she loved Shoko. Yeah. Like she just didn't, because it was a different type of love, because you receive mm. different types of love from different types of people. That's that's how the world works, guys. That's how the world works. That's how the world works. <laughs> it's all love. Um, but you really get to see that really vulnerable human side of Sato when she, you know, it realizes what she had actually done, and it's the only time that she refers to any of the violence that she did or any of the people that she hurt or murdered that was the first time she admits to murdering somebody yes you know that's the first time she views it as a crime yeah everything else was not a crime before that before there was that moment with uh shio she's like shio i've lied to you and we think that she's gonna tell her i killed two random guys in the park and instead she's like i told someone that i loved her and i didn't mean it and i'm so sorry and we're like bitch you you killed these two randos in the park. Yeah, she. I think she kills four people before she kills. She kills a lot of people. This show treats murder friend. in a very cavalier fashion. It's like, does murder get you sent to jail? Maybe. Who's to say? Uh, not in this case. Not in this case, no. But 
I think eventually she would have been caught. That's I think she would have made more and more mistakes, and it was part of her sociopathy that made made her do the things that she did because Mm. she couldn't see another way out of the situation. It was just about protecting Shio. That's that was her ultimate goal. The only reason that she had to ultimately protect Shio is because she vainly needed the attention that Shio gave her. Yeah. And that's, that's honestly, like, we don't know before the, the guy in the apartment, maybe she did stuff before that too, but I don't think so. No. I think that was the catalyst. And the catalyst was, in fact, Shio. Yeah. And there was something so messed up about that guy saying, I liked you when you were incomplete. Yes. I thought that was, first of all, a brilliant line, but also so disturbing because, like, he's been drawing her, painting her, and, like, She's been like, well, do you want to have sex with me? And he's like, no, I just want to paint you. And we think, maybe this is a good guy. But no, his perversions just lie way under the surface. And when we started to like, see that moment, we're like, oh, God. Oh, God, this guy is way messed up. And it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> Lots of people like people when they're broken. It's, yeah. It's a control thing. Actually, Jim Carrey says a very similar line in the... Um, Andy and I documentary that he does. Mm. He says that Hollywood keeps likes to keep people sick because it makes better entertainment. I don't doubt that. And yeah, it is a very sad reality, but it's a very true reality. Yeah, I mean, like, and, look at how we treated Britney Spears. Look at how we treated Lindsay Lohan. We see people having these psychotic breaks in front of the cameras, and instead of being sympathetic, we laugh at them. And I'm including myself in that. Back in the day, I thought making fun of Britney Spears shaving her head was really funny because. I honestly didn't think about my actions or what it meant. But if we can reflect on those things and realize that, like, no, we should not be laughing at people that are clearly going through some extreme mental distress. And that's what this show is really good at. Like, I don't think you laugh at anyone in this show. No. Like, this is not a laughing show. This is a show where you're like, wow, there is so much going on in this world that maybe I'm not privy to. Yeah. I hope not. I don't want to be privy to some of this stuff. No, no. It was a great show, though. I really, it was a good recommendation. I I was iffy about it. I was iffy about it for the first, you know, six episodes, seven episodes. Even as the story came together. And it's just because of the content matter. It's it's touchy. It's It's very touchy. touchy. Yeah. Um, But the whole story is just, it's a good story to sit and think about. It's a great cautionary tale in my mind because it's like, this could happen to a lot more people than we think it could. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it takes that, like, as soon as, like, one, like, domino falls, the other domino falls, and the other domino falls. And the whole reason this show happens is because of all those dominoes. If those dominoes weren't falling next to each other, we wouldn't get the events of this story. No. It's just we happen to have all these kind of messed up people or people that are dealing with serious issues right next to each other. And they're all interacting together. And then we get this sort of mosaic of what the fuckness is what I like to call it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's... The show. Yeah, it's the show, right? It's the show. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how else to put it other than just go watch the show. Just go watch the show because it's, it's really good. And like, we don't want to spoil the end for you, but the end is bonkers. Yeah, I like, wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it either. <laughs> like, I was rewatching it and I was doing my notes and I was like, what? I don't remember this part. 
I don't remember this part at all. What is going on, Sophia? Because this is one of the few shows I've done on Anime Chat where I haven't actually watched it more than once. This is my second time watching it for the note-taking, but all the other shows I'd watched multiple times before. This one, I just watched it once, and I remember being like, I really like this. It's really weird. It's really messed up. But, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys should definitely check out Happy Sugar Time. And before... No, no, Happy, happy Sugar Life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's I got so... With the trauma in my head, <laughs> all the words are happy getting garbled. Sugar, happy like Sugar Time. Happy Sugar trip. Life. You should check out Happy Sugar Life. As long as it's not something that you think will trigger you. Uh, before the show is over, we're going to have a really fun Japanese lesson. So stay tuned. We're just going to have a real quick commercial. Okay? Okay? Bye. Welcome back. And now what we're going to do is because Nerdy Northerners isn't just... Uh, <laughs> I just completely blanked, guys. I'm so sorry. Nerdy Northerners isn't just entertainment. It's educational. See, I got it. I'll hang in there. You see, you give me a second take. I got this. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to teach my lovely guest here a brand new word in kanji, and then we're going to learn a really fun example sentence. So the first kanji in this word is this one right here, and it means heaven. And it is pronounced in this case, ten. 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 Heaven, ten. All right. Then we have this second kanji. It means use, and it's pronounced she. Use and she. So together, we get benshi. Benshi. All right. Do you have any idea what this could mean? If you'd like, you can look at it if that helps at all, which it probably, probably won't. Probably won't. <laughs> yeah, but I worked so hard on drawing. <laughs> so we have heaven and use. There's the heavenly. Huh? So heavenly is your first guess. All right. So no, I'm going to give you one hint. I was going to use this for Evan's episode of Anime Chat and decided not to. <laughs> that clue doesn't help me. All right. That clue doesn't help me. Okay, so we have heaven and use. Benshi. And that means angel. Oh, okay. Which we hear Shio yeah. referred to constantly because the people around her are a little messed up. Yeah. <laughs> now let's get into Shoo. our example sentence. <laughs> Alrighty. Shukubei. <laughs> She's so cute. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That hallucination that he has where she's like coming towards him oh while he's sniffing her sock. Anime, guys. Get into it. Alright, here's our example sentence. Denshi no yoni. Something about Angel, you're so cute. I'm going to say it one more time because I did not pronounce it properly. You didn't say kawaii. So did I not? <laughs> we'll try one more time. I know Angel and cute. All right, give me a guess with Angel and cute. I don't know, Angel, you are so cute. Honestly, it's really not that far off. I met a girl who is as cute as an angel. All right. 
That's, I mean, that's just Does a... it work in this, like, similar to French where it's, like, su- like they're backwards? Mm, a little bit, yeah. The way, like, the subject doesn't go the way it does in the English. So, like, usually the verb goes at the very end. So if we want to break down that sentence, it's angel, that is kawaii, which is describing the girl, onanoko, girl, ni, which is a particle, atta, I found or I met. Okay. So that's that's kind of how it works. So tenshi no yoni kawaii onanoko ni atta. Use that to compliment the girls in your life. Just be like, hey. I learned this random Japanese phrase on this Twitch anime show. You should hang out with me. <laughs> I do have a question for you. Because yes. Because it bothers me and I don't know why. Yes. Not that it bothers me. Like, I don't know the reasoning behind why they do it. But why do they, why do they say Shio-chen or, or Sato-chen? Sophia why Sensei is Corner chen? is up and operational. Always right. at the end of female names. Absolutely. It's not just or, female or like names. like people's names. Yes. So that's a term of endearment. So it's almost like saying, like, if I was talking to you, it'd be like, there's not really an English equivalent, but like Alicia Cutie, like that sort of thing. It's a diminutive word. So you're saying that that person is small and cute. That's what Chan is. San is just like your regular, um, like, greeting. So I could be like, like, hi, Alicia San. And that'd be like, I don't know you super well. And then like, Kun is usually used for guys. That's the attachment there. You can add sensei, because that's a term of being like, okay, this person is an authority. Sama means that person is like way high above you. Like that's a very different range of uh, (laughs) class. Yes, thank you very much. (laughs) So there's a lot of those sort of things that get attached to Japanese names. You can get like really silly ones like pion, which is just like the noise a rabbit makes. And then you, Chan is the one I see most often. Yes. So or San, I've seen that one. Chan, you see a lot in this because she's always like Shio Chan, and that's why it's sort of being like, oh, she's so cute and tiny, and like she's Chan, you know. So that's uh, that's something that the Japanese do. We don't really have an equivalent to it in English, but well, yeah, it's freaking cute. I appreciate the question. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I had such a great time. Guys, next week, we're going to have an equally crazy anime, but a lot less messed up, I promise. And our guest, hmm, how can I describe her? Would it be Donks? Yes. Join us next week for our Donks guest, Kyla, and we're going to be talking about Punchline. Make sure that you don't see panties and end the world before next Monday. Until next time, stay safe. Enjoy anime. I'll see you next time. Jamatane.